You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. All right, this is the one. I can feel it. Podcast, 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 podcast. The first and the best Chiefs podcast. Real ones know the show is called Amateur Hour. The Amateur Hour podcast is now airing on KC Sports Network. Ryan Scott Hall and his Dirkness are back again. We've got football, friendship, and fun. All these shows, we're still number one, season 12. Oh, wow, here it comes. Welcome, my friends, to Emma, Amateur Hour Podcast. Podcast. Man, I can't hit that note right. Podcast! Is that right? Ah, well. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. What is this, Amateur Hour? Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just a amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's happening. Yeah, that's right, folks. The show is called Amateur Hour. I am Ryan Scott Hall, and with me today, bringing some real El Trabador energy, is Dirkness. So, maybe I should say Sue Dirkness. Who? Who? What? Uh, uh, that that would be the Spanish for his Sue Dirkness. Ah, mm. gotcha. What's what's we... El Trabador? Travis Kelsey? Yeah, you can't. You got the. Oh, this. I mean, don't get me wrong. You got you. You have what I think most people want Travis Kelsey to be rocking is the full beard. I am. I am how Travis Kelsey want people to look. I am yes. what people want Travis you Kelsey. You are <laughs> Kelsey. Yes, correct. You are exactly what Travis Kelsey to look like. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Dirk, how dark did it get at? Casa de Darkness after Travis Kelsey went down with a, and let, let me be specific here, uh non-contact injury just before halftime when he had reportedly thrown his helmet on the sideline and had some real bad looks on camera. Well, what's, what's going through your head? How bad was it? Uh, I mean, it was uh, pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole season flashed before my eyes. Um, it was kind of weird because he, he got up and kind of like jogged off and you're like, okay, he's, I mean, I'm sure he's fine. He wouldn't be jogging off if, it, you know, this was serious or whatever. But then they're showing replays and he's immediately grabbing for that Achilles area, um, which is, you know, just an automatic season over for him. Um, and then the looks on his face from the sideline, it was just like, oh man, like he knows this is serious. Like you would know if your Achilles rolled up. I mean, you know that happens. And I, I mean, I was I was breaking down different angles of the replays trying to actually see the Achilles, you know, recoil. Cause you can kind of see it when, when it goes like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing is more important for this team than the health of Travis Kelsey and Mahomes, obviously. Um, it's more important than beating Minnesota. It's more important than getting the one seed. It's more important than winning the division. You know, Travis Kelsey missing the season is it kills your season, uh, I think. And I don't think they can win a Super Bowl this year without Travis Kelsey. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you think I'm wrong with that? 
oh no, there's no way they win a Super Bowl without Travis Kelsey this year. Um, I don't, I don't see that as possible really at all. I mean, so you said you saw the season flash before your eyes. I mean, honestly, man, I saw Kelsey's career flash before mine. Uh, and maybe that's like darker, but like, that's where I was at. I, I see this injury and I'm like, dude, I'm only thinking he's got like a couple years left anyway. If this ends up being a long or difficult rehab, you know, there's, there's, it just, I started to spiral. I mean, I'm pretty sure I sent to our group chat with our friends down South, like, uh, I will send significant draft capital to get Kyle Pitts if Kelsey's done, because I don't want to lose a season. And then I also know him trying to recover from this injury at like age 34 or 35, like we have to instantly be written. Um, and so I, I was, I was terrified, <laughs> like absolutely terrified. I mean, it, 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 but this is like on the radar, you know, I mean, he's kind of, it's been a slow start. He had the injury to start the season. Um, you know, we're just, I mean, it was one of my preseason questions for the team. Um, you know, and this is up, I'll just be monitoring for the entire season. Like not only his health, but you know, are we seeing a decline in Kelsey's ability? Um, which it's, wouldn't be a surprise or anything. He's 34 years old. We went over the stat of, you know, receivers over 32 years old last year that produced anything. Um, and it was, it was a bunch of nothing. It was Travis Kelsey and a bunch of nothing. Um, so, you know, we've seen some slipping from him. He's not quite explosive. His snaps are down for, you know, cause he's been banged up numbers versus man coverage. And it's just, you know, because of how this chiefs team is built, his health is everything. I mean, they are reliant on Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to stay healthy. I mean, they made the choice and this paid off fully last year. I mean, they win a Super Bowl with this strategy of going, it's almost like a, you know, zero running back strategy in fantasy. It's almost like a zero wide receiver strategy in real life football. And they can get by with that because of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid um, to the tune of a Super Bowl win. But if you lose one of those three, then that goes down the drain. So, you know, this is like, this is the number one thing I'm monitoring the rest of the season. Um, his health, obviously, but also just are we seeing a potential slippage in, uh, you know, an age slippage in play from Travis Kelsey this year? You know, honestly, when I look at him going into the locker room early, uh, coming out, not playing on the opening drive, being all like suited up and ready, but not being on the field. Um, how, how about when he tries to go in the game, <laughs> keeps like running on the field and they're like, no, 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 get back here. It's like, oh, damn it. Well, he eventually does get on the field for the chief's second drive of the second half um, and proceeds to catch like three or four balls on that drive. Five. I think it was five catches on that drive. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty much all Travis. Um, it's just guts, man. I mean, like the kind of the kind of pain tolerance that these guys have, uh, which I think is still the one thing that I haven't been able to fully put into perspective about Mahomes last year because I didn't watch quarterback yet. Um, but I will. <laughs> Everybody just turned off our podcast. Everybody just turned it off. They're like, these two are fucking schmucks. Yeah, wait, wait, watch wait, quarterback. Wait. Everyone else is lighting candles and getting the lotion out for it. 
and Ryan's over here not even watching it. Uh, yeah, I mean, a big summer. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, like, I'm sure he got, you know, some, some kind of shots or whatever to try to numb it up, um, and be able to get back out there. But like the things that these guys do to be able to play the kind, like the level of pain tolerance that they have is something that I simply do not possess. I mean, or else I'd obviously be out there even at age 38. You can't even watch them go through it, let alone do it yourself. Correct. You saw how I spiraled, how quickly I did. I was like, oh my God. Um, I mean, I I just want to at least like acknowledge the fortitude that that takes. And then uh, I know Pat was uh, at the microphone either yesterday or today. And they asked him, he said, well, I text him after the game uh, just to kind of check on him. And he said, there's no way I'm missing this week. So, like, it sounds like Travis is planning on playing Thursday night. Um, it's because he's seen that dip in stats and he's seen what happened to the Broncos defense. And he's like, there is no way I am missing the chance to pad my stats this week. No way. Yeah, I mean, it It was, um, that was a really hairy situation. And it gave us this short-lived but at least the the feeling, but a kind of a short-lived snapshot of like what it might be like if he did go down. Um, you know, and even if Travis Kelsey only missed a few weeks, it would be really interesting to see how they adjust because we didn't necessarily, I think, get like a clear picture of what they would do. Um, we know that like the the lion's share of his snaps would probably go to Noah Gray. Um, but that doesn't mean that like his usage is just suddenly going to Noah Gray. Noah Gray is not going to get 10 targets because he's playing in Travis Kelsey's role. Um, but you know, that's, that's an offense that's really figuring itself out. And suddenly if they really had to deal with a long-term, uh, curveball of not having, you know, their, their best offensive weapon outside of Mahomes, uh, it, it would put them in a really interesting spot. And I think it's led to some conversations this week where people are like actively saying, do the chiefs like need a number one outside of Travis Kelsey? Do they need to establish this like volume player? Maybe they're not, you know, a bona fide tip top tier one wide receiver, but at least somebody that can start sucking up targets um, and, and be a volume receiver. And I don't know if they do or not. You have thoughts on that? Like, do they need to make sure that Rasheed Rice is playing 80% of the snaps and getting a bunch of targets? Like, I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, I think the calls for, you know, certain receivers to play more are legit and on point. And I'm right there with them. Like, I want to see more Rice. I want to see more Ross after this week. Um, but I, I mean, after what we saw from the team last year, no, I, I think they're completely fine without a top tier wide receiver like without a top guy like even if they start playing rice more he's not just gonna like become like a true wide receiver one in the nfl they just i just don't think they have that guy on the roster right now you know and maybe rice becomes that guy eventually uh but as a rookie in this offense i don't see him becoming you know that kind of guy where he's just you know putting up 80 90 yards a week kind of thing and i don't think they need it i mean i think they kind of adopted the philosophy of you know, we got Kelsey and a bunch of other guys, whereas they just, their offense got to a point in that 2021 season where it was, it was almost kind of too easy to figure out. Like 
they're going to Kelsey and they're going to Tyreek. And here's what they're, here's the different routes they like to do. We're going to cover those and nobody else can beat us. Well, we need to get these other guys going so that our wide receiver two, three, and four can be the guys that can get open and, and help this offense hum. Um, so they kind of went with that strategy. I, they're still figuring it out. But those stats with like the receiver targets and yards and receptions versus of 2023 versus 2022 are kind of eye-popping. I mean, they're kind of shocking to see that if if people haven't seen them, like, you, know, you know, it's percentage, it's a ratio-wise. But this year's wide receiver core actually has more catches, more targets, more yards um, than last year's, um, which is shocking. I mean, I've, I've saw it last week. I saw it this week, and it's just like you see, and it's just like, man, I, it's it's kind of hard to believe, but there it is. I mean, it's a, it's a fact written written down, um, and so I don't I don't think they're gonna play this freak out, but I do think the concerns of who we are playing at receiver are very legitimate. Let me clarify something, like not not in the wide receiver one sense, the classic like oh well we have julio jones on our team and we're gonna you know throw them the ball and get they get all of that volume i'm thinking even just like a juju like a guy that can go and give this offense a thousand yards like do you think that they need that somebody to rise above the other players that essentially it just looks like mahomes is more willing to throw to this player than the others and so we kind of feel like we have a number one in our offense I, I I do not. I do not. Yeah. And I but I, I do think Rice can almost kind of be that. I mean, Juju was at like not quite a thousand last year, probably eight or nine hundred, missed some games in there. Yeah. Um I do think Rice can kind of hover around that like kind of towards the end of the year, uh, with a full year of experience under his belt. Um, I could see him getting to that area, but I don't know if he'll be kind of a trusted guy like he necessarily trusted Juju. But you know, I mean, a game comes up like the the Cincinnati Bengals game and three of your top receivers three or four top receivers go out and he wins that game with, you know, just Travis Kelsey and uh, MVS basically as the only options out there. I mean, to say that you need something specific like that um, for this team to, you know, go on and win it all kind of thing. Um, I don't think they do, but they probably need better performance from their receivers. But to be fair, I think in this game, they had some good receiver play. I mean, Justin Watson made, the two biggest plays of the game that he goes up and gets it on that third and 18. That was, that was the biggest play of the game in terms of impact. And then he also made the biggest play of the game in terms of skill when he catches that pass along the sideline. Um, and that's kind of like in the aftermath of the Travis Kelsey thing. So you're just kind of like, I was more focused on Travis Kelsey at that point to really appreciate that man going back. That catch is insane. Um, and so he made some plays. Um, got to see Justin Ross in there and make some plays and Rasheed Rice looks better. Tony's starting to get more and more snaps. I think the time may be coming for Sky Moore. His snaps went down a little bit this week. Um, I just the lack of production from him. It's it's just. I mean, I don't know what to say. I I like him. I don't get why he's so unproductive. But the fact remains that he is that unproductive, and you can't have it. I mean, you can't have two receivers out there playing this many snaps and not giving you anything. Um, and so I think you'll slowly, at least MVS kind of still gives you some value with that over the top routes that I'm sure Justin Ross could also run, but MVS provides that more as value. Sky Moore should be the one kind of voluming up targets, catches and yards in this offense. He just is not. And I think this was kind of the beginning of like, okay, we're moving off of Sky Moore and we need to fill this void with someone who's going to be more productive. 
Uh, let's take a break and then I'll uh, I'll give you some feedback on that. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil or trouble. Manscaped is all new. Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treats this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off plus free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code KCSN. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, friends, are you ready for some flag football? The Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City's Flag Football League is in full effect. Games are very competitive and fun to watch. They're played at Cleveland Park, which is at 4211 Cleveland Avenue. Uh, They should enter off the 43rd Street entrance. Uh, Just come and see some of our future Chiefs hone their skills. Flag football is just one of the many sports programs that's offered at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City, our partner for this season. In addition to basketball... The clubs offer leagues for baseball, softball, flag football, obviously, and more. Search volunteer options on helpkckids.org. I don't know if you saw Ryan, but they're trying to add uh, flag football to the uh, Summer Olympics in 2028. I saw that. Oh, game. yeah, absolutely. Uh, about another sport, registration is open for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City's Basketball League. This league is a great introductory experience for any young person just developing their hoop skills. Starting January 13th. The postseason tournament championship games will be held downtown 
at the nationally recognized College Basketball Experience. Register your child today. Check the link in the show notes of this episode. Good stuff from the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. Um, I mean... Can I just, real quick, can I just echo your sentiments? Because, you know, I've kind of said this before, but it deserves to be said again, and you kind of got there. But just watching Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you know, we're so blessed to watch these two not only as great athletes, but like absolutely incredible competitors. Like both of them are just absolute fucking warriors. And it's so awesome that we will never, ever, ever have any doubt whatsoever that they are all in on this team winning football games. That is their number one priority at all times, which isn't always automatic with like top tier athletes. I mean, you get guys all the time, super talented, even super productive. I mean, it's not even just like not giving a shit like Jay Cutler kind of thing. I mean, you get guys like, I mean, like, I don't want to pick on him, but Justin Jefferson with the tweet today, it's like, what incentive is there for him to come back without his contract this year and like a losing team? And it's like, he might just sit out for a long time of this season and stay healthy until he gets that contract next year. Something like that has just never been a concern with Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. And it's just, it, it's an absolute honor to watch them as athletes and as competitors every Sunday. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a special time to be a Chiefs fan. I mean, that's, um, that goes without saying. I, I, I do want to touch on some of these receivers. I mean, you said you, it's almost like you don't really know what to say about Sky Moore at this point. Um, I mean, honestly, man, I think that we all had such high hopes for this player and I know that there are games where Sky Moore might be a great fit, but like the, the player that he's turning into for me, uh, in my mind, it's Demarcus Robinson. And, and here, let me tell you why, um, Demarcus Robinson was good for, Usually, I would say at most like two good games a year. And when I say good game, I mean he'd go and have a hundred yards and a touchdown. Um, but usually yeah. it was like usually it was like one time a year that he would do that. And usually, you know, let's just say it'd be like the Raiders and we'd put up 40 and he'd have a nice day. Um, but he was truly your wide receiver for um I think that Sky potentially, hopefully, probably knows the offense a little bit better than Robinson did. That seemed like a consistent problem for him. A lot of whispers about lining up in the wrong spot or running the wrong route or at the wrong depth or whatever. And I don't know if that's necessarily the issue with Sky, but like I think that Sky going forward is probably good for like one or two solid games a year, and he can eat up snaps. He's part of your system. But I think that like the Sky Moore could be a thousand yard receiver, the comparing him to Antonio Brown, uh, all these different like possibilities. I think that for me right now, and I mean, look, my, you know, I'm, I was built to change my mind, but for me right now, like that dream is dead. It's over. Um, and, and I, I don't see a whole lot of purpose in having him play as many snaps as he does when we have other guys that I think are deserving. But I, I do want to point out to people. I don't know if we just have a, like a, a misconception here. If maybe I haven't been looking at the numbers, 
the right way, but like I heard people talk about like, ooh, we really saw an uptick from Justin Ross. He played six snaps against the Vikings. Six plays. And yeah, he was targeted four times. And he caught two of them. And so we're like, ooh, we saw a lot of Justin Ross. Six plays, guys. So I I think that that's a guy that certainly deserves a little bit more run. Um, obviously, we want to see, I think, more Rasheed Rice. But, I mean, if he's playing 60% of the snaps, does he know 60% of the playbook yet? I mean, like that, I, I don't think that there's a whole lot more that you can ask of him right now unless you start getting pretty redundant on offense or before every single play in the huddle, Pat says the play and then says, hey, Rasheed, this is what you need to do. Like, I, I don't know, man. And and so I think, honestly, the person that I'm starting to think might actually be kind of a wide receiver one in disguise is Justin Whiteson. I mean, what? Whiteson? Um, Whiteson? I, I, look, I, this is in all seriousness. What would be wrong with targeting him more often than Pat does? Has he shown any reason that he doesn't deserve more targets? He he seems like the maybe the one guy on this offense that Pat truly seems to trust. Like the throws to him are trust balls. And he's showing you that he's a confident player. He can go up. I mean, what did he say? Like not everybody's key card swipes to the penthouse or something. Um <laughs> Take the elevator up to the penthouse. Not everybody's access card swipes that high. I mean, that's a quote. That that the you you mentioned the two great catches. Uh, I heard Nagy talk after the game, and he said that Watson also broke up like a sure interception, um, making a great play to be able to like turn into a defender. Um, I mean, look, this is a guy that they all trust and count on, and like, look. <clears throat> Tyreek Hill was obviously a like a pretty big time recruit and he went to Oklahoma State and then had his incident and ended up at South Alabama. But that's a guy that the Chiefs take in the fifth round and it's like a total swing. Justin Watson, I believe, was an undrafted player. Um, almost certain that he played at Penn, uh, an Ivy League school, and you know, was essentially like a special teamer that got a few snaps here and there for Tampa, but is coming out of obscurity to be one of Mahomes' favorite targets. Like, I don't think that it's all that unlikely that Justin Watson could just like emerge into a bigger role in this offense. And if Pat is willing to throw him the ball, then just throw it to him a little bit more, man. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, um, I also at the same time, Andy seems to just be like, look, it's flavor of the week. All right. Depending on who we're playing and where we think is the best way to attack them. We've got all these receivers that win in different ways and have different body types. And you never know who's going to beat you that week. And maybe that's what he likes. He thinks that it makes them unpredictable and whatever. But fans are sitting back and and certainly in the, you know, this like era of nonstop fantasy football, people are wanting to see somebody that they can put in their lineup every week. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it needs to happen. But right now, to me, I think that but like actually the top candidate is probably Rasheed Rice. But I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be Justin Watson. Oh, I mean, I think Watson will be there for the foreseeable future. Um, I will be keeping my eye on uh, our guy Joseph Hefe on Twitter. He runs these cool charts that 
uh, charts the, you know, by position, their snap percentages every week. So you can kind of see like whose snaps are going up, whose snaps are going down. I think he releases those on Tuesdays. I'm not sure. I didn't see it today yet, but I was checking out uh, last week's. Um, yeah, he went to Penn, isn't it? Everybody always gives like Harvard and Yale like these shout outs. Like Kyle Juszczyk, they, every time he catches the ball, like they were like Harvard in the house. They said that during the game this week. How come Penn never gets any love? What's up with Penn? Penn's a, I think it's like probably one of the most difficult schools in the country to get into. The whole state of Pennsylvania is like huge on education. If you want me to nerd out for a minute, uh, but no, yeah, like it's no, it is. No. no, you don't want me to. Oh, that's no. okay. Cool. Well, that's the audience saying that. But. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay, we'll get Jeff for the show. You 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 said you said something about a a Justin Jefferson tweet. Oh well, it wasn't from him. Sorry, I. I didn't board that world. It was Adam Schefter's tweet about Justin Jefferson. Oh, that he might, he doesn't have a contract. So what's it was like, yeah, it was really that, right? worded. Like, and he doesn't have a contract yet. So he might be out for the foreseeable future. Like without, without much reason to return. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should have worded that better. Uh, it's funny. I was, so I was, uh, I was doing a lot of chiefs Broncos research. We've got a fun deep dive on the chiefs winning streak over the Broncos coming up later. Uh, so stick around for that. But I stumbled across one of my old articles from 2014. Um, and it was about Travis Kelsey, 2014. Yeah, 2014. And it was Travis Kelsey not getting enough snaps. And it was like me saying every single week, you know, Travis Kelsey only played 32 of the 85 snaps this week. I'm like, this has to change. Like, we have to see more snaps from Travis Kelsey. Like, I think it's kind of been a thing for Andy Reid for a long time. I don't know if he likes to. I don't know what it is. If they just don't know the offense or if. He kind of keeps it under wraps. I don't know what it is, but he seems like there's like one or two guys every single year who were just like begging to get more snaps, and he just slowly brings them along. And I think last year, wasn't it Sky Moore that we wanted to get more snaps? And that's not really how it really panned really pan out that well this year. Uh, but just a funny thing to see. Um, I, I think Watson is very, I think he's his most trusted receiver um, with Pat. So I don't think he will be going away anytime soon. Um, yeah, I think his spot is more safe than any other receiver on the board. I don't think he'll ever get like 80% of the snaps necessarily. Uh, but I do think he'll hover around like 50-60%. And when he's making catches like that third and 18, I mean, that's that was such a damn good catch. The throw is just like, it's kind of a prayer and he does kind of put it there. I think a better player from the defender probably just knocks it down or picks it off, which isn't the worst thing in the world because it's just a punt at that point. Um, but him going up and get that, that was a hell of a catch. And I just, I'm, I'm, I had to apologize to him. I would, I was not familiar with his game. Um, that article from 2014 was Kelsey not getting snaps because of do re mi fa sa no. There it is. There we go. Correct. I kind of figured, um, you know, I, I want to talk about sky more and also use it as an opportunity to transition. Um, Sky Moore, in the preseason, the story that we were telling ourselves is like, this guy has so clearly established himself as a huge part of this offense that like, look, they're not even playing him in the preseason. They're not going to throw targets at him. They were like, they're trying to hide Sky Moore. The Sky Moore package is top secret because he's going to come out and just dominate. And what kind of idiots at that? What, what, what a dumbass. <laughs> He looks exactly like he did in the preseason. Um, and meanwhile, somebody that we were like tremendously concerned about in the preseason because he wasn't playing 
is Legereus Sneed. And, you know, we see in week one that play against Josh Reynolds and we're worried about the knee. We're thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's got no speed. He can't change direction. And now, my God, Legereus Sneed covering one number one wide receivers on every team, shadowing them, absolutely shutting people down. Um, really, really interesting what we thought versus what's happening uh, preseason to regular season. Um, what, what are you what are you seeing right now from those defensive backs? Apart from a lot of tweets about, do the Chiefs have the best corner duo in the world? In the world? Um, maybe in the country, but not the world, definitely. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I think they did a fantastic job. I do think they're getting a, a little, I don't want to sound bad, but like overrated this week. I mean, we still gave up, how, how many yards did we give up to uh, Kirk? 284 passing yards. So they clearly had a strategy to go in there and we're not going to let Justin Jefferson beat us. And I'm sure they were giving Trevor or TJ Hawkinson some attention as well. But clearly, their strategy was to be super physical with Justin Jefferson, which I, I fucking loved. Those those plays, uh, like the kind of the tone setters early on, jamming him off the line, even if it got up in his face and drew a penalty. Justin Reed throwing him down after a play and getting a penalty. That's totally fine because Jefferson's not the most well-built dude. Um, and if you're just being extremely physical with him, I mean, and then he didn't finish the game. You saw what happened. Um, but they clearly had a strategy that they weren't going to let Jefferson go out there and beat him. I think they had a lot of safety help. And so you get other guys that kind of, you know, put up some stats like Addison 64, Osborne 49, something called Pal 43. I had me had me Googling if that was actually Cornell Pal. Um, that was former Chiefs draft pick. It was not uh, some 30-year-old journeyman. Um, so they did move the ball a little bit through the air. Uh, but I don't want that to take away from how great I think both of these dudes are because you're going to give up yardage in the NFL. Um, and our corners, and Snead, I think, is getting a lot of the love. McDuffie, it should go just as much towards him. I mean, I think he's kind of the... I, don't, I think I'd put him ahead of Legereus Snead, even though we're putting Legereus Snead on a bunch of these number one receivers. I think we're kind of doing like the Belichick thing, where we put Snead on the number one guy, give him some help, and then we're just trusting McDuffie to lock down you know, the number two or number three guy with no help. Like, okay, son... You're over here by yourself, and and you got to lock down this inferior talent, and they're they're both coming through like that. Um, but you know, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at other corners around the league to say if they're the best or not. I mean, the Jets have some good corners, I guess. Um, but both of them are just phenomenal, and and I love both of them. I loved the physicality from them early in the game of Jefferson, and just in general, just the way they both of them tackle. They're forcing fumbles every week. They help out in the run game. These two are both studs. Yeah, it's uh it's been really fun to watch through the first few games, especially after that Lions game during this four game streak. Uh they're playing at an extremely high level. Um we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. And after you search KC Sports Network, 
you're going to realize that the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. If you bet $5 on any game this week, you will score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer every game day this October. Just get in on the game day greatness by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL with code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. That's a mouthful. Thanks for the money, DraftKings. Um, Dirk, look, I, I use this. I really liked the kind of the dichotomy of what we thought about Sky Moore versus what we've seen and what we were kind of starting to feel or think or worry about Sneed versus what we've seen. But I think I jumped ahead because we probably still have some offensive stuff that we want to get to. At the very least, Juwan Taylor, no penalties on Sunday. That was cool. That's a first, literally a first. Good. For I, don't, I don't think he gets another legal formation the, the rest of the season. After Andy, that'd be nice. Pleads to the league. They respect Andy. They listen to what he said. He will not get another illegal formation all season. Um, one interesting stat that I've seen on Mahomes, um, the guy just can't seem to throw the ball downfield right now. Uh, it's real ugly. We've seen, I think it was the Jets game where it was like he had left the pocket and then resettled and had all the space and time in the world. It's like when you have the wide open three completely uncovered and then he just throws this horrible <laughs> fluttering duck of a ball um, and it doesn't get anywhere near the receiver. It's just way underthrown. And we're like, Wait. I mean, to the point where after the Jets game, people are like, is he, is he healthy? Is he hurt? What's going on here? Uh, the numbers on Mahomes throwing deep are terrible. But the antidote might be as simple as playing the Broncos. Uh, did you know, his Dirkness, that quarterbacks are completing 74% of passes that are going 10 or more yards down the field against this Broncos defense? 74% beyond 10 yards. And oh, by the way, through five weeks, the Broncos have allowed the most rushing yards in NFL history, almost a thousand already through five games. Um, I did not know that. They also, they also have the worst defense in DVOA history through five games. Ooh, even worse than that Chiefs defense from a couple years ago. Even worse than all the bad Chiefs defenses you can think of. All ten, all ten years you can think of where we had a truly terrible defense. They are way worse. 
Uh, that stat goes back to 1981. So last worst defense through five weeks in 43 years. Mm. Yeah. And they have a legit case to have like the best corner in the NFL. How does that work? I don't know. I, I just, one corner just doesn't a good defense make, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I believe I could be wrong. And I, I mean, I don't want to like pick on the guy, but I believe that their defensive coordinator is Vance Joseph, who there was, he was, yeah, he was, he was their head coach. Uh, then he was like the defensive coordinator in Arizona. And I really don't think that he's ever been good. Like at all. And yeah, he's now the defensive coordinator for the Broncos again. And I just don't, I don't understand it. I'm, I really, I really don't, I don't get it. But look, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Um, also, also his brother was the uh, interim head coach at Nebraska last year. Oh, really? Equally as terrible. I'll let you know. <laughs> Runs in the family. <laughs> uh, um, Mom's had a pretty cool achievement on Sunday. Uh, looks like you wanted to touch on that. Another record for Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Uh, well, so first off, with the deep thing, it was really concerning that throw before halftime where he's trying to, I think it's Watson. And Watson has at least a few steps. And Mahomes really just doesn't get anything on it. Like sees him and, and kind of drives the ball instead of just popping it over the top, even though Watson's kind of behind the defense. Um, that was concerning, like on top of what we saw from last week, I was at the point, I mean, this goes back to like the darkness of the Kelsey injury. I was like, I, I have in my notes, you know, at halftime, like we're going to have to have a Patrick Mahomes discussion this week. Like that's, that's the point I was at. Um, but then going back to them being fucking warriors, it felt like the kind of game where Pat Mahomes and Kelsey went into the locker room at halftime and they're like, we are not losing this game. And they came out and, and proved a point because he looked like a different quarterback uh, in the second half. But fun with stats here. Patrick Mahomes beating 31 of the 32 NFL teams. The first quarterback to do so under 30 years old. Um, how many quarterbacks do you think have beaten 31 NFL teams in their career? Savian? How many, how many quarterbacks have beaten 31 NFL teams in their career? Oh, eight of them. Ten. He is the tenth. Uh, four quarterbacks have beaten all 32. That's Brady, Peyton, Breeze, Favre. Um, some quarterbacks that have beaten 31 teams in the NFL. Some fun names here. There's Rodgers, Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson. They are not fun. The fun names, Alex Smith, who hasn't beaten Kansas City because we were 2-0 against him as a 49er, and Kerry Collins. Hey! Kerry Collins beaten 31 teams in the NFL. Um, actually, another fun one, Kirk Cousins has beaten 30 NFL teams this season, or in his career, actually. He's won 30 games this year. <laughs> All one-score games. 30 games. Uh, he's beaten 30 NFL teams. He has not beaten the Chiefs. Kirk Cousins could have beaten 31 if he had beat the Chiefs on Sunday, um, which he did not. Um, and then 30 wins for quarterbacks John Elway and Joe Flacco. Uh, so just some fun numbers on that fun little stuff. I basically just wanted to say it because Alex Smith and not beating KCO saw And then Kerry Collins beat on that list. I was like, what? What is he doing there? I mean, he's like a first overall pick, I think. Um, Maybe he's real high for sure. Um, Okay, so, all right, we're talking quarterbacks. Can, can I do something silly? Do we have time for something ridiculous? Always. 
if a quarterback is involved in pretty much any type of play, people bring up Mahomes now. Like it's just, you know, if Mahomes would have done that, the internet would do this or whatever. I feel like it's getting to a point where people make everything about Mahomes. Everything's about Patrick Mahomes. So I wanted to see if you could actually try to do it in some random applications. Can you make things that have nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes be about Patrick Mahomes? Are you ready? Oh, okay, sure. Uh, number one, Big Macs for sacks. Big Macs for sacks. Um, there are some stats out there with like Patrick Mahomes under pressure. He has this super high yards per attempt, whereas not under pressure, his yards per attempt is actually pretty low. And there's also other some other fun stats where uh, the pressure percentage versus sack percentage is just like he's in. It's one of those charts, you know, where you're looking at different points all over and Mahomes is like super high pressure percentage but very low sack percentage which is just like the most underrated skill a quarterback could possibly have like elusiveness in the pocket and ability to avoid sacks and it's probably his most underrated characteristic to not take big max sacks mm, interesting um your volleyball game just got canceled my volleyball game just got canceled I'm coming home I'm lighting candles I'm getting the lotion out. I'm putting on quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say it cost $100 for an oil change. Blame Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I just thought it was so fun. I, I feel like every single time any quarterback is involved in some type of play, it's just Patrick Mahomes now. And it's cool. It's sometimes frustrating. It's sometimes hilarious, but it's cool because he truly is the standard bearer for the NFL right now. We, we've, you know, I think everybody's kind of hit on the fact that he has the most Super Bowl wins of any active player in the league. I mean, he's essentially the most experienced quarterback of most of these guys that are playing now. Um, and it's a, it's a joy to watch one Patrick Mahomes really hoping the offense gets back on track against Denver on Sunday. but Can I, can I just say, it, it really does feel like the offense is out of sorts, but an interesting stat, the Chiefs are number one this year in third down conversion percentage. Mm. So despite how bad they looked, despite the receivers doing whatever, despite the third and one struggles, yeah. they are still number one in the NFL in third downs, which is and it, you know one of the more important stats. I mean, thir converting third downs is just like, that's playoff football to me. It's like, you get a third and six, you need a guy who's going to convert it, and you need a guy who's gonna, you know, on both ends, a guy who's gonna throw it and a guy who's gonna catch it and get that third and third and six. Uh, they've actually never ranked below third in the six years Patrick Mahomes has started. Um, when we look at the defensive side of the ball, I, I let me tell you what I see. It's uh, it's a familiar term around he around here. I'm not trying to overuse something, but it's something that we all understand as Chiefs fans. I see championship swagger. Um, the way that this team is playing, you can call it attitude, you can call it confidence, you can call it an edge, whatever you want. Um, dude, they're they're doing stuff out there, and, and I do think that you know if I if I think about you know normally the way I arrange my notes is like position by position. I look at the D-line, and from the sound of it, the Chiefs really tried to lean on their front four more than usual in this game, and the results weren't exactly inspiring. And 
so now it just feels like it's definitely setting up for a lot of stories about Aminahu being the missing piece on a championship defense. He's back. He's um, back now, right? Uh, after this game, he he had a six week uh, suspension, and this is week six against him. Um, so it'll be it'll be next week. Uh, not not something that I want to talk about. It wasn't good. Um. The linebackers, you know, um, Willie, I thought, made some clutch plays toward the end of the game, some nice tackles. Willie looked good. Um, impressed by Willie. Best, I, best fourth line, best fourth best linebacker in the league. Yeah. I mean, Leo was a little bit up and down. He had the great sack. It was completely unblocked. Also kind of had that rough play that I think we all remember. Those were like the two plays I remember from Leo. One good, one bad. Oh, yeah, the first play of the game, I think, just kind of out in space. Yeah. 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 But then I and I look at Tranquil like look maybe I'm I watched you know the game the wrong way to notice him or what but like the thing about Tranquil is that I simply don't notice him very often and that's kind of weird for a middle linebacker like other positions it's a huge compliment right if I don't notice a corner he's probably playing well if I don't notice an offensive tackle he's probably playing well if I don't notice a middle linebacker I don't know if that's a good thing or not and I feel like when Nick Bolton is on the field, I notice him in good and bad ways sometimes. Um, and then I start looking at the defensive backs and I'm just like, I mean, dude, to go back to Snead, let me ask you this. Like, is do you think that Snead is a bona fide number one corner? Like, could he this offseason as a free agent, could he get JC Jackson money and, and then maybe get traded back to us for basically nothing? That'd be cool. Um but like, like, what what is the contract for Snead looking like if he is shadowing number one receivers and and completely essentially erasing Justin Jefferson among these players, getting in the face, playing physical, and although unlike J.C. Jackson, who I believe had the most interceptions in the league over the two seasons before he entered free agency, Snead's not that guy. He's not a, a huge turnover machine but he is one of the best blitzing defensive backs in the NFL. He is one of the best tackling defensive backs in the NFL. The one thing we always talked about with Snead was the worst thing that he does is cover guys, and now he is blanketing number one wide receivers. Like, I I don't really know what to think, and I don't know how sustainable it is. Like, if we would do this, like, is he just going to take chase all day long when we play the Bengals? Is he going to take digs all day long when we play the Bills? Is he going to take Tyreek all day long when we play Miami? I don't know. I think that Spags is probably smarter than that. But, I dude, they're just, the, the defense is so loaded and when it seems like it's not really working is when they're not getting to the quarterback and I think when a minute who arrives it's going to do some damage here. Really, just, really, just covering the whole defense. And that's the whole defense. <laughs> All right. Let me want to talk about everything. Any thoughts on that, Dirk? Yeah. I got a lot. Uh, I forgot most of them. Um, so Sneed's going to get paid a lot. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs kind of have to pick between Sneed and Chris Jones this year. They won't make the same. Um, but you know, do we want to pay Sneed fifteen a year or Chris Jones twenty-five a year? Those are just rough numbers off the top of my head. Who do you? Um, do I have to answer now? Uh, no. I, Jones is older, but he's more important, which would be more money. But you just have guys behind Sneed who can do the job better than the guys behind Jones. 
So right now we haven't seen him in a who though. To be fair, yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. But he, did we? How many years did we sign him to? Uh, I believe it was two. Okay. Um, I mean, right now I would lean Jones just because I'm. I would pick pass rush over coverage, just like in general. Um, but Snead's, Snead's great. He's going to get paid a lot. Um, we'll see where it's from. Another fun stat, you kind of talked about him blitzing. Snead and McDuffie, McPatrick Duffy, combined for five pass deflections and four quarterback hits in the game. Four quarterback hits between the two corners. Um, so that's a fun one. Um, but yeah, uh, getting to other ones. Tranquil. So you kind of talked about noticing players and not noticing players. I think, so Tranquil's strength is in coverage. So his good plays, you might not notice because it would be like a corner because he's playing good coverage. So he's not going to get targeted. You wouldn't see him kind of thing. Whereas Bolton's good plays are kind of coming downhill in the run game and making like a tackle for loss, which you definitely notice. So I think that might be the difference between uh, the dichotomy there. But man, the Chiefs nerds fucking love Drew Tranquil. Um, I don't, there's just like a lot of Nick Bolton discourse. I've never really gotten it. Uh, I don't know if it's the Mizzou thing or what. Um, I always liked him, but I don't know. There's just a lot of talk about Nick Bolton, I guess, because, um, his coverage abilities lack is the idea. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just put both of them on the field. It's an easy answer for me. Once Bolton's healthy, put both of them out there. Um, I wanted to highlight a couple other guys. I think I hit all your notes there. Um, Justin Reed played a phenomenal game this week. I thought he was kind of all over the place. And Mike Edwards, that dude, he was everywhere. I, I just, Mike Edwards just making plays out there. Um, so a really great uh, day from a lot of guys. The pass rush, just on these real quick, and then I want to get to that deep dive. The pass rush was struggling. And this is kind of two weeks in a row now that we the pass rush, I mean, we talked them up a whole, whole lot. And that first game with Chris Jones back, it was just like, this is going to be an unbelievable pass rush. And we haven't really seen it the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think Dana's been okay. The guy that's really disappeared for me is George Karloftis. Uh, and just haven't seen him really disrupting plays in the backfield these last couple of weeks. Haven't seen anything from Felix, but he's not really getting the same number of snaps at all. But I think the concern there is George. Where has he been? After those first two to three games where it really seemed like he was, you know, putting together a strong campaign here. And I was just like, we were kind of going over the top with George. He's really settled back down these last two weeks. And I think that I know that Darisaw is very good on the left side of that line. Um, I don't know how much, you know, where they were lining guys up and whatever. Um, Karloftis, I think, was limited in practice today. Uh, so maybe he's just a little gimpy. Um, and, and that could explain a, just a, a, even like the slightest loss of explosion uh, coming out of your stance or being able to hold up at the point of attack or get around a corner. Like all those different things are so important for a pass rusher that if he's not 100%, that might help explain it. Um, I mean, you mentioned Mike Edwards. I The thing that I love about this guy is that because Justin Reed is who he is and because they really have been showing a lot of faith in Brian Cook, and I think that largely they've been rewarded for it um, always around the football, always. You're trying to find Brian Cook? Look for the ball. Just be a ball watcher, and you'll find him. Uh, but it's really the same for Mike Edwards when he's out there, and I think that they've put him in this position as a third safety where like, you don't really have to ask him to do that much 
it's, um, it's he the can best essentially be like Dan Sorensen, like just make the occasional good play and you're going to be beloved and don't be on the field so much that you'll ever really have a chance to hurt the team. And so Mike Edwards, like if Justin Reed went down, if Brian Cook went down, we might start to have a lower opinion of Mike Edwards, but he is in the sweet spot right now. I mean, it's it's like anything. It's I mean, it's like Sky Moore's snaps going up. It's like, you know, Tony Pollard becomes the number one running back now and is and he's not quite as good as he was as the backup. I mean, it's a different game, but yeah. I mean, but the but the third safety in this Kansas City Chiefs team, isn't that the best job in the world? Like that's that's what every kid should be growing up aspiring yeah. to be is the third safety on the Kansas City Chiefs defense. It's just I agree. Since Andy Reid got here, the third safety has been our best player. If they were hiring, I would apply. I I would apply. Uh it it's it's deep dive time, right? All right. Yeah, let's get to a deep dive. We play the Denver Broncos this week. Um, we have beat them 15 times in a row. Uh, the deep dive goes a lot deeper than that. But let's prepare ourselves. You said 15? 15, right? So if they win this week, it will be eight years worth of matchups that they've won in a row. Because is there, Are there any players? 20, 21 years worth of games in a row. But not a 2023's years worth of okay. games. There we go. Okay. Let's hit deep dive. Mm. That just sounds like a motorboat. I was going out. Wait. Not the best. I've been making boat sounds all week, so I, was, I went to the boat side. Like, not the best. We'll, we'll be better. We'll be better. It's been a while, all right? We haven't had a true deep dive, I feel like, all season, so... The very um, absurd. Um, feel free to hop in, Ryan, whenever. So I'm not just talking the whole time here. Uh, just got some fun stats. I looked at the phone because how often do you beat a team 15 times in a row? Are these mostly uh, like cumulative, or are we talking individual? We're going games? every every single direction. There's there's some there's some side notes here. We're going. We're getting distracted. We got here. in front of the chart. We're gonna we're gonna talk 1963 NFL. Um, so. Buckle up, folks. Mm. Uh, so they've won 15 times in a row. This is immediately following seven wins in a row from Denver, um, the Peyton Manning era, if you will. Um, 15 wins in a row. Eight of those are one-score games. So this has not really been you know, kicking their ass every time. Eight, more than half of them have been one-score wins. Denver kind of has played us close, um, but we've kind of always pulled it out, which is very poetic because my very early childhood was playing Denver extremely close and them always pulling it out at the end. So it's it's good to uh, give that back to them. Um, so the first win of this streak, you may remember, you should remember, maybe my favorite stat line from NFL game all time, Peyton Manning, 5 of 20, 35 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions, and benched in a game where he broke the NFL career passing yard record it also served as his last NFL start in a regular season game. He somehow went on to win the fucking Super Bowl after that. I will never understand that. Um, thanks, Cam Newton, for not jumping on a fumble. Um, also, one of my favorite stat graphics ever, maybe my most popular tweet ever, the stat with Cairo Santos, five field goals, and Peyton Manning, five completions uh, from that game. Um, also, the Chiefs receiving leaders in that game, the Anthony Thomas and Sharkandrick West. Couple couple of fun names. Hmm. Um, how about the last loss in this game? Do you remember this one? Because we were there. Arcus oh, Peters. God. Was it 
Uh, six in his second career game Thursday night in Arrowhead. Jamal. Uh, a game the Broncos tied, um, tied up late, and then Jamal Charles with 27 seconds left in the game fumbles inexplicably when we're just basically running the ball and going to run out the clock after that, and then we're going to overtime. And mm. fumbles, they take it to the house, and that's the end. And it was just like, that almost sunk the season because that was that 2015 season where we started 1-5, and five, and that was the second game of the season. It started a five-game losing streak, almost completely tanked to the season. Like, that one just killed us. Um, so 15 games in a row, how about the longest streaks ever of one team over another? The record is 20 wins in a row. That's the Dolphins over the Bills in the 1970s. Um, you have 18 from Washington over Detroit, randomly. Um, 17, the Niners over the Rams in the 90s. And then a couple other 15s, uh, New England over Buffalo in the 2000s. And New England over the Jets, which is currently going on. Um, so the Chiefs can jump to the fourth longest win streak ever over one team with a win this week. Um, put that on the board. And then only, that would only put them four more behind. So uh, two years from now, they can go for the all-time record there. Um, a quick little detour here, because this is a fun stat that I stumbled upon this offseason. And I don't think anybody knows this, really. Do you know what the Chiefs' first game was in Kansas City in 1963? Are you, you going to tell me it's the Broncos? I uh, we played the Broncos. Good guess. That's a good guess. We beat them fifty-nine to seven in the Chiefs' first game ever in Kansas City. Um, that is the Chiefs' biggest win of all time. That is the Broncos' worst loss of all time. Worse than seventy to twenty. It was the Chiefs' most points ever scored in a game, and the second most points ever allowed by Denver. Only surpassed by the seventy points. From last week. Um, I dug into that 1963 season. Later on in the season, Chiefs offense goes on a streak of scoring 7, 7, 7, then 24, and then 0 points in a 5-game stretch. So, you know, call that 45 points in 5 games. They play the Broncos the next week and score 52 more points on Denver. Just completely kicked their ass in 1963. Um, fun stat on 1963, the Chiefs had 38 turnovers in 14 games. That was the second best in the NFL. 38 turnovers in 14 games. I don't know what football was like in 1963, but it sounds absolutely insane. Um, but that was, I thought, I don't think Chiefs fans know that. And that's like a fun, like little, you know, factoid to have and hold over Denver that we beat them 59 7 in our first game ever. And it remains our, our biggest win ever. Mm. So that's fun. Uh, okay, back to modern day. Um, how about some highlights from this streak? 15-game uh, winning streak over the Broncos. We have the Cairo Santos doinker off the field. Double doink? It was not. And I always think it's a double doink, but it's not the double doink. Um, that was another game. It wasn't even a Chiefs game. This was just a single doink. It was on the last play of overtime, um, and that was beating them. That was very early on in the streak. A very important game, actually. Um we have Don Tari Poe throwing a touchdown pass. You may remember that. That's part of the streak. We have Patrick Mahomes' first start ever in a game where he got pulled and then reinserted to go win the game because Tyler Bray had fumbled and given up a... a he had two turnovers, in fact, actually. <laughs> Put the kid back in. And not only that, he does. He goes in, ice cold, thinks he's done, thinks the day is over. 
goes back in, leads them back down on a field goal drive to win it all. Um, how about Patrick Mahomes completing a left-handed pass on a game-winning drive late in the fourth quarter, no less? Um, maybe my favorite Patrick Mahomes play ever just because, you know, you see the talent and everything else, but you don't expect like that kind of improvisation, that mm-hmm. sort of playground ability to complete a left-handed pass. And I think it's, is it Von Miller draped all over him? Like he's, mm-hmm. it's necessary because he's getting tackled. It only has one free arm um, and completes that to Tyreek Hill. Um, that was one of my favorite memories ever. That was, would have been, I think the fifth game of his, of that season. So the sixth start of his career. And it's just like early on in Mahomes, just like, Oh my God, every single week. Um, How about also, I, and you probably have this on your list, but just starting to think about him, like Mahomes specifically against the Broncos, uh, getting hurt. Yeah. And the chiefs still winning the game. I mean, I don't know what the score was or anything. I don't, I don't remember. All I remember is all of us just being like, a game where his kneecap moves to the back of his leg. I think the 2019 Chiefs dream dies that day. That is in the middle of the 2019 season. He actually tried to return to that game. Of course. As long as we're talking about fucking Warriors, he tried to return to that game and they were like, no, 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 you're, you're insane. Which, I, I mean, it makes sense now, like seeing what we've seen. Um, how about this? Maybe the most improbable. Breland Speaks recorded a sack against the Broncos during this streak. <laughs> What? What? How about two pick sixes from Daniel Sorensen in this streak? Mm-hmm. Not bad. He actually has four total touchdowns in his career. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, we have the Mahomes no look flick to McKinnon. That was just last year. Um, that might kind of reside on his Mount Rushmore of all time plays. Um, that was maybe the top play of his MVP season from last year. Um, and then to conclude it all, we have Travis Kelsey watching from the sideline, arms spread out on the bench, full Kennedy position, big shit eating grin on his face and just hanging out, having a ball. And that encompasses what it's like for the chiefs to play the Denver Broncos nowadays. I do think that (laughs) I think that in that game, he's leaned back because they're up like 28, nothing. And, and they come back. Back and made it a real game. <laughs> a real game. That was like the best that Russell Wilson had looked in four years. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Didn't you say you said eight of the 15 have been one score games? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically a 50 50 shot that it's going to be a close game during this long stretch. I mean, I don't necessarily see a path to this one being especially close. If that defense is playing the way that it does, and you could say this about either team, really, uh, but particularly Denver's defense, I mean, if you allow Pacheco to go out there and run for 150 yards, uh, one of the big issues that that Denver defense is having is that they're not, um, they're not like stopping. They're allowing a lot of explosive plays in the run game, and like that's Pacheco. I mean, he is probably a four yards a carry guy and then the big long one like that's that's what Pacheco is about I don't think he's going to give you three or four 15 yarders in a game uh as likely as he is to just break a, a 60 yard and so I think that if that defense is playing like that and I mean dude they're just it's it's possible that this is a uh a reproduction of 1963 
Um, I, I would say, I think that that's, that's definitely on the table. The, the thing that's forget that game. who could forget 1963. The thing that I think is going against the chiefs is the, the short rest, the guys that got banged up, the guys that have been banged up, but it is at home, correct? Uh, yes, it is. I wouldn't give a huge advantage to the home team on Thursday night just because it's, I mean, think of the quick turnaround from playing on Sunday and then yeah. trying to squish everything into a week as, well, as far as as long as traveling to a destination, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like a lot for a road team to pull off on Thursday night. It, the crazy thing about their defense, I mean, they were good last year. They were fourth in yards per play last year. Fourth. And they've fallen off from there to the worst defense we've ever seen through five weeks. It's just, it, Vic Fangio must just be the best coach of all time. Like, I don't understand what else went wrong here. I mean, I, they lost Chubb, I guess. Maybe some other guys. I don't I don't really know. They traded Chubb halfway through the year last year. I mean, then it's a deliberate choice on their part. Um, they have given up staggering amount of capital to get Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in there. Uh, I think the dichotomy of Sean Payton talking about how bad Nathaniel Hackett's job was, how it was one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. And now you look at this Broncos team and the way that they're playing uh, a little bit of humble pie there for Sean. I think Sean, for, Sean Payton's a fucking hack. He, he, he was, he just got carried by Drew Brees. I don't he, he missed the playoffs multiple times with Drew Brees, the quarterback, in his prime. That should not happen. Like, I don't... Sean Payton just does nothing for me, and I hope he gets exposed as a fraud as the Broncos head coach. Yeah, I mean, it would be just another delightful development as uh, somebody that hates the Denver Broncos to see that they're wasting 10-plus million dollars a year on this coach that maybe just... in such a- 18 million. It's Nick Jacob tweeted out eighteen million this year. I think coach contracts like aren't public information. Yeah, so right. I I think you have to kind of dig deep for that. But he tweeted out today eighteen million a year for Sean. I mean, Sean probably wanted people to know that. That that's probably what I want to know that. I want to know that fact. <laughs> yeah, that uh, whoo, that's not a good look. That is not a good look. I do think that they have their first round pick in this upcoming draft. They do. They do. Uh, so, you know, if they're terrible, um, it's eject on Russell Wilson and take one of these mini quarterbacks that people seem to like. Um, and, you know, people are talking like, God, do we really want Caleb Williams in the AFC West or whatever? Um, that's another story for another day. Uh, but the Chiefs are playing the Broncos on Thursday night and then playing them again like, uh, you know, Friday night and no letter. letter or something. Um, no, it's not 10 days because uh, they get 10 days rest actually after this. So it's like 17 days later, uh, but twice in three weeks, the Chiefs are playing the Broncos. So we'll really get to see uh, if they can uh, recapture that magic Keep from the night three season. I, I said Travis Kelsey's health was more important than all these things, but the streak over Denver might might be the top of the list. If- yeah, it's the 70 year anniversary of, you know, uh, uh, no, wait, 60. I can get your math. I'm an English yeah. teacher. But yeah. <laughs> Folks, welcome to Amateur Hour. Uh, this has been Amateur Hour right here on Kansas City Sports Network. Um, look, I think that this is like week seven or something, and I haven't told a single person to like or subscribe or leave a five-star review or any of those like corporate types of things. 
Uh, we just don't really do that here. That's not really been part of our our shtick for the past 12 seasons. That's why we well, joined the team, so we don't have to self-promote. Right. Uh, but yeah. Go ahead, guys, do, sure. do, do the things. Make us look good. You know? Help out the branding. Go lose some money on DraftKings for us. Yeah, that'd be good. Take one for the team. Volunteer for boys and girls clubs. You know? We should get a cut on everybody's gambling losses on DraftKings. <laughs> that, there. That's it. Uh, look, I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He's his darkness. And Justin Herbert is Philip Rivers. Ah, fucking warrior. Rivers. <laughs>